Okay, so we decided to call today Praise Sunday because we'll be practicing seven ways to praise God, both through teaching and and through song. There are seven Hebrew words. I guess he's already got them up there. There are seven Hebrew words that when you read them in your Bible, they all they all say praise, but they actually mean seven different things. They're very distinctly different words. Okay, but when you read them in your Bible, they all say praise. So we don't realize as English reading people that they, that we're reading different things. And so what they are there, you got Zamar, Yada, Shabak, Halal, Tahili, Tauda, and Barak. And I made some cards if you want them with the meetings. They're up here. You can grab one after service. If you want one, you can raise your hand. Maybe somebody will bring you one. But that way you can take it home and, and remember that. It's kind of been fun for me because when you sing a song, you I'm always trying to figure out which one that relates to because that's kind of, anyway, it's been a, it's been a real uh, help to me. Uh, I had this sermon sort of prepared before I had my back broke, so I've been marinating on it quite a while. So Anyway, let's see, where do I point this to get to? Am I going the wrong way? Yeah, that's it. That's where we're going. Okay. So, to demonstrate, I was telling you there are seven different Hebrew words for praise in your Bible. And here's an example that when we read it in our Bible, it says a very familiar verse from um, Psalms. It says, Psalms 100, verse 4, Enter his gates with praise, or some translation will say thanksgiving. Enter your gates with praise and his courts with praise. Give thanks to the Lord and praise his name. But actually, they're all three different words. They do not mean the same. We enter his gates with yada. You enter his courts with tahili and barak his name. Okay, they're all three translated praise when you read it in your Bible, but they're all very different words with very different meanings. So we're going to be going through that and take a look at what each one of those words mean. And then after each word, when I tell you about that, then we're going to sing a corresponding song that basically goes along with with that. So um, we'll get started. I'll start with a word of prayer. Remember that um, our giving is also a form of praise. So reminded there's offering box in the back that if you have your offering, you can be sure to put that in there before you leave today. Okay, let's open with prayer. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for your revelation to us and that we can praise you, we can honor you, we can worship you in all different ways that you've made available to us. Lord, I just pray for your Holy Spirit to come into this house May there be open heaven over this church, over this town, that you'll do the work that you want to do in us and in our community, and just open our hearts to be available to what you want for us this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Okay, so our first word, our first praise word is Zamar. It's basically pronounced just like it looks, pretty much, Zamar. It means to make music or to celebrate in song or music. It's used 141 times in the scripture. 
And the first one is my heart is uh, Psalms, I mean, First Chronicles 16.9. That don't sound like the right one. No, we're definitely not on the right one. suppose you got it out of order, Pastor. Nope. Well, I think you're just on the wrong word there, maybe. Psalms 21.13. Yeah, there we go. Okay, Psalms 21.13. No, anyway, I'll just go back. First Chronicles 16.9 says, Sing to Him, sing praise to Him, sing to of your wonderful works. But actually, the, the Hebrew word is zamar, sing zamar to Him. Psalm 7.17 7, says, I will give thanks to the Lord because of righteousness. I will sing praise or I will sing the mar to the name of the Lord Most High. Our first Hebrew word for praise is the mar. The mar is simply making music or celebrating through song and music. It can be either with our voice or it can be by playing an instrument. It can be either one. It's not one or the other, but it's either or, it's both. Okay, praise and worship music is a very powerful tool that draws us into the presence of God. You ever come into church and, or even on your own and you're just feeling down and there's just something about worship music and that praise worship, your troubles just kind of, you just kind of lift off and they float away and you, when you get into that presence of God, that music just kind of pulls us into that presence and the, you know, the stuff that's been vexing us all week just kind of disappears while we get into that place. That's basically what the power of Zamar is. It, it's just celebrating in music and in song. Um, another couple of verses, Psalms 21:13 says, "Be exalted in your strength. We will sing praise. We will sing and praise your might, or we'll sing and admire your might." Yeah, we're back on track here. Okay, Psalms 57:7. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and admire your name. So that's some of the verses in the Bible where uses this word. Music is more powerful than we understand. It softens our hearts and soothes our soul. It opens up the door of our spirit to receive what God wants for us. We find in Acts, let's see, Acts 16, you probably all know the story of Paul and Silas. They're out preaching and the people in town don't like it, so they throw them in, well, they arrest them, beat them, throw them in jail, put them in stocks. And there in this dungeon at midnight, they begin singing songs of Zamar. They sing praises to God. And in that singing, God shows up, breaks them out of jail, their stocks fall off. And not only were they freed from their bondage, but the jailer gets saved and his whole family gets saved. So that's some of the power of Zamar. So if you've got some chains that are on you this morning... If you know some people around you, I'd like the idea that the jailer got made because maybe your singing to Zamar might help somebody else find God as well. So never be ashamed to sing your songs of praise, your songs of Zamar to the Lord. Um, Ephesians 5.19 Sing and make music in your heart. Very biblical to sing songs of Zamar to the Lord. Um some of us can't carry a tune in a paper bag, as the old saying goes, but it doesn't mean you can't get engaged in Zamar. 
Okay, so if you can't sing, think, well, I can't do this. Yes, you can. It's just, it's a hard issue as much as a verbal issue or playing an instrument. You can enter into the mire whether you can sing or not. It's, you just have to enter into that place. Okay, so, um, that's basically the reason because it does open up our hearts to God. That's why we start each week by singing worship songs is because it, that it has a way of opening up our hearts. Okay, so the first song I picked to um, demonstrate Zamar is Graves to Garden. And we've been singing that here for a few months, so most of you probably know it. But I have a very personal reason why I picked this song. Um, As most of you know, I have a nephew who was about 35 years, took his own life just over a year ago. And when you go to funerals, they're always sad, but when they're... (laughs) That kind of a situation, we were expecting it to be very, a very sad, very hard funeral. And we got there, the pastor opens up with a word of prayer and a few words to the family and the people had been there. And then they, then they began to sing a worship song, Graves the Garden, which I wasn't terribly familiar with at the time. And as they began to sing that song, as they get toward the end of the first verse, it says, The God of the mountain is the God of the valley. There is no place your mercy and grace won't find me again. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Nothing better than you. Turns into the chorus. You turn mourning to dancing. You turn beauty, you make beauty of ashes. You turn shame into glory. You're the only one who can. You turn graves into garden. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who can. And the whole atmosphere of that funeral just changed. Our eyes went from the sadness of the death to the hope in, of in eternal life. And our, it went from a sad funeral to a celebration of life and of eternal life. That is the power of Zamar. That's, that's, that's what it's about. So today as we sing this song, I encourage you, just put your heart into that place and sing Praises to God, sings the mire to God. I search the
Okay, we're going to be breaking up the worship a little bit, but try to just keep your heart there in that worship place because when we come in and out that way, you can just kind of jump right back into the next one. Okay, our next our next word is yada. It's used 111 times in the scriptures. It basically, it's really simple. It means to extend the hand, throw out the hand, or hold out the hand. So basically, it's just worshiping with your hands up. So we're fairly familiar with that. At least a lot of us are. Um, Psalms 28:7 says, "My heart leaps for joy, and my and my song, and with my song I praise Him or I yada Him." Um, Psalms 44:8 is uh, says, "God, I make my boast all day long." I will praise your name forever. I will yada. I will raise my hands and praise to you forever. Okay, there's no more natural expression of excitement and joy than to raise our hands. You'll be watching the Huskers and they make a long bomb for a touchdown and, you know, we go, yes, right? Or you, your favorite team hits a home run or you land a new job or Whatever it is, we pump our fists and we yell and we raise our hands. I mean, it's almost coded in our DNA that when we get excited about something, we raise our hands. I mean, it's just it's just a natural expression that we all have. In fact, it was kind of funny because I was studying this. This was before my accident, I think. But I was sitting out before church one morning and Elliot had his little tablet out playing a video game on it. And I was sitting there talking to him and... He ended up winning that screen or whatever. And he goes, yes! And I thought, there you go. That natural ability that it just comes out, right? We just raise our hands. It's just a natural thing. And we need to learn that that's what yada is. It's just raising our hands in praise to our God. Quite simple. The Hebrew people showed their expressions of praise to God by raising their hands. The Scriptures are quite full of it, actually. Um, lift up your hands in the holy place and bless the Lord. It's almost a command. We'll see a lot of these as we're going through there. They're, you know, it's really compelling. A scripture compels us to lift up our hands in, in, as we praise God. Psalm 63, run. In your name I will lift up my hands. Okay, so we, it's very scriptural to lift up our hands. Um, raised hands basically signifies two things that, again, we're pretty familiar with. First one is that we love God and we're unashamed of Him. Which, again, we're not ashamed to raise our hands when the Cuskers are playing or whatever your favorite team is. We aren't afraid to raise our hands about that. So we shouldn't be intimidated by raising our hands, showing God we love Him and that we're unashamed to worship Him. And the second thing is a sign of surrender. Right, that I need you, God. I I surrender myself to you. We raise our hand in a posture of surrender, just like when you get arrested. Right, you raise your hand. It's a posture of surrender. So those are a couple of the reasons that we raise our hand in worship. I don't know where I point to, but there we go. Got to point it the right direction. I'm got a new learning curve here, guys. So. Okay, Psalm 67.3, may the people praise your God, or may people yada your God. 
May, may all the people praise you or yada you. All includes you. You and I are part of the all that yada, that who raise our hands in praise to God. Psalms 107, 715. Oops, I probably went too far. 107.15, you should, I like that word, you should yada the Lord for His love and for His wonderful things He has done for all of us. Okay, that's a kind of another command. You should raise your hands in praise. You should yada the Lord. So, okay, so our second song we're going to do today is Waiting Here for You. You may not all be... It's familiar with that, but it talks about lifting our hands in praise to God. So as we do this, I'm going to go through this. I'm going to give you some work. If you're not familiar, you could be a little uncomfortable raising your hands as we worship if you've not done it. But I encourage you to try to let down your guard. And we even talked about that in Sunday school a bit this morning about being unashamed to let the Spirit do what He wants to do. So I encourage you to try to raise your hands as we sing praise to God to Bring yada praise to God this morning. Waiting here for you.
On. Our third word for praise in the scripture is Shabbat. Um, basically, Shabbat just means to shout or to address in a loud tone or to command glory or triumph. It's used only 11 times in the scriptures, this actual word, but the idea of shouting to the Lord is found throughout scripture. I mean, it's, not, it's pretty well used, but the actual word itself is not that often. Um, we find it in Psalms 147. Yeah, well, we'll just go out of a different order. It's okay. It's the next one probably, just out of order, and that's fine. Uh, Psalm 63:1. it says, Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you. I will shabak you. I will shout to the Lord in praise as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. We just looked at that. That word down is yada, right? We're lifting our hands. Okay, so I will shabak, praise the Lord, I will shout. Um, Psalm 147 is um, praise the Lord, O Jerusalem, or shabak the Lord, O Jerusalem, and praise thy name, O Zion which is, again, another one of those Hebrew words. It's halal that we'll get to in a minute. Okay, so basically Shabbat, again, is just to shout praise or, or a shout of triumph. And the best description that I remember in my lifetime, to, it's not necessarily a spiritual Shabbat, but a cultural shout, shouts and triumphs was I was only in junior high, clear back in 1971. And... Uh, 
Cornhusker football team was undefeated. They are ranked three in the national polls. There's two teams in front of them, both undefeated as well, which was uh, Ohio State and Texas. And so the only way Nebraska was going to get number one was the other two teams have to have to lose. So the whole family gathers in the living room all day long as they're watching the bowl games. And and was it in the morning in the Rose Bowl? Stanford took down Ohio State, and we shouted and we sh- yelled praises of triumph. And afternoon come, and then it was the Cotton Bowl, and it was Texas and Notre Dame, and when it was all said and done, then Notre Dame had taken down Texas, and we shouted and we yelled some triumph again. And then the evening came, and it was Orange Bowl time with Nebraska and LSU. And when it was all said and done, they squeaked out a win, 17-10, to 10, I think it was. And, of course, then we shouted and triumphed all the more. And it was a day of cultural Shabbat, because we shouted and we yelled triumph. And that's ultimately what Shabbat is, only it's to our Lord. We, we shout praises, we shout triumph to our God for who He is and what He's done. So when we see this word, that's the essence of it, is shouting to the Lord in praise and in joy and in triumph. Um, okay, some of the scriptures that show this idea. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to the Lord with a voice of joy or a voice of triumph depending on what translation you use. Psalms 145.4 O generation shall shabak thine works from one generation to another. Scripture is compelling us to shout so that the next generation knows what our God's done. Right? If we don't keep letting people know, the next generation won't know. So we need to not be ashamed to shout to the Lord so that the next generation knows about the holiness and goodness of our God. Okay, Psalms 117.1 is, Praise the Lord, all you nations. Praise Him, all you people. Or Shabbat Him, all you people on the earth. Are you a people on the earth? If you are, then you're commanded here to shout praises to our God. The psalmist is calling all people of all nations to raise a shout to the Lord with the same passion we would for, again, our favorite sports team or your grandkids when they're playing soccer or whatever it might be. We're not afraid. We're not ashamed to shout at that kind of thing. We should learn how to shout to the Lord with the same, with the same passion and the same unabandoned. Um, we find the story, we're very familiar with it in Joshua 6 where... The Israelites are trying to get into the promised land and the first the first place they end up is at Jericho and they surround it and then the people as a whole, the congregation has a shout together and the walls come tumbling down and they're go, able to go in and start their quest to to get their promise from God. And so my encouragement for you today, if there's some walls in front of you in your life, in your, in your situation. Shout to the Lord this morning as we pray in praise and triumph to God for, for and maybe the walls in your world that's holding you back will come tumbling down. So I encourage you this morning and throughout your life to not be afraid to shout to our Lord. Um, so our song representing this is Shout to the Lord. Thank you.
Our next word is halal. Um, it, it basically just means to rave or to celebrate in a clamorously foolish way or to dance. Now, most of us don't. Oh, I must be one too far. Nope. I don't. I don't think there is one. Okay. Well. Anyway, okay, so basically just means to celebrate in a clamorously foolish way or to dance before the Lord. Okay, that sounds like something we're not really comfortable with at all, but it is something that Scripture talks about as a way to praise the Lord, and we'll see in these Scriptures. Okay, so our first Scripture is found in Psalms 151. Says, praise the Lord, praise the Lord in His sanctuary, praise Him in His, praise Him in His mighty heavens. Actually, the word is halal, halal the Lord, halal the Lord in His sanctuary. We're in the sanctuary, so it's okay to act, praise Him in a clamorously foolish way or to dance. So there are church congregations where they have people up in the front dancing around to the music, kind of like a. Like, uh, and that's what they're doing. Sometimes you may see that and you go, what on earth is that all about? But they're actually practicing halal if you happen to go to a church where they do that. Because that, that is what they're doing. So, it is very biblical to dance before the Lord. Okay? Halal is an exuberant expression of celebration. It carries the idea of an acting in a way that is kind of clamorously foolish. True halal is laying aside our inhibitions and our self-consciousness and just getting in and letting God do what He wants us wants to do. And we have a hard time doing that because we worry too much about the people around you. But true halal is you just lay all that aside and you just focus on God and praise Him with your body. Basically, it's kind of praising God with your whole body. Um... Oh, I've never seen a Jewish wedding, but I don't know if I've seen movies with them and I've seen some YouTubes of a Jew, Jews when they're celebrating after a wedding. And to me, I think that's the perfect example of halal because they dance and they jump around and they, and they, um, you know, they sing and they wave their hands in the air. And I mean, they just enjoy it. If you ever watch the Jews at, their, at a wedding, their whole beings is involved in that celebration. And I think that's the perfect example of halal because they're, they're all in it. Okay, so, okay, so 149.1. Let them praise his name with dancing and make music to him with the tambourine and heart. Let them halal his name with dancing at Acts 6 tells you in this verse kind of what halal is. Okay, we halal him with dancing. We celebrate God. We praise him with dancing. Um, the God of the universe made us to celebrate him with abandon. And I think sometimes God probably sits in heaven and says, they sure do get excited over Husker football, but they can't get that excited about church. But, you know, and I think God sometimes wishes that we could we could cut loose and become a little more undignified in in our worship of Him. Uh, Psalms 
Halal the Lord, Halal the Lord, you his servants, Halal his name of the Lord. Okay, so celebrate. It, it's again, it's commanded. These are commands. Three times in one verse we're commanded to praise him with abandon. Okay, again, feels a little uncomfortable for most of us. Um, we find a story in Second Samuel 6, again, one of them biblical stories most of us know. But they're bringing the Ark of the Covenant back. The enemy had had the Ark of the Covenant from Israel for a long time and then they got it back. And as they're bringing it back to Jerusalem, they're celebrating on the way and they walk six steps and they stop and they sacrifice a bull and praise God and then they pick it up and carry it six more steps and they sacrifice another one. And in the process of this, it tells about King David and... While they're going, it says King David was dancing before the Lord with all his might. He was practicing halal. And he was shouting and the trumpets were blasting. And anyway, as they're getting close to Jerusalem, David's wife sees him out there dancing and leaping around. And she's embarrassed by it. I guess it would be my guess of what happens. Anyway, when she get, when David finally gets home, she has a little word with him. And here's what she says to David. How the king of Israel has distinguished himself today going around half naked in full view of the slave girl as any vulgar fellow would do. She was not happy about how he was practicing his halal. She, she was embarrassed by it and thought it was just disgusting. And I can probably promise you if you get too exuberant in your halal, Somebody's probably going to think, what's wrong with that crazy lady? But that's okay. Let's do what David did. We find out in the next verse, how does David respond to that? I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this. He wasn't going to let her damper his praise for God. People's disapproval shouldn't damper our praise to God um, or hinder him in any way. He was going to celebrate God who God was, whether people understood it or not. Um, and our last verse is Psalms 156. That everything that has breath, halal or praise the Lord. Halal the Lord. If you have breath, then you should praise the Lord with some law, with some abandon, with some, with some dancing. And my back doesn't allow me to dance too much, but I'll do the best I can. So uh, try to, again, let yourself, as we sing this next song, I don't know, you're probably not familiar with this song, maybe, but it's called I Am Free. And again, I know it's way outside of most of our comfort zone, but as best you can, let your inhibitions down and do a little dancing before the Lord. It's okay. Okay, so uh, I Am Free. Darkness, please, through my heart, 
Okay, so Tehillah is a new or spontaneous song, a song that rises from your spirit. Okay, a couple of the places we find it in Scripture is Psalm 66.2, sing the glory of his name, make his praise glorious, make his Tehillah a glorious. Psalms 22.3, you are holy, enthroned in the praise of Israel, enthroned in the Tehillah of Israel. God is enthroned in this kind of praise. You want to enthrone God a little bit in your life? You learn how to practice Tehili praise. Okay, Tehili um, are praise songs that rise from our spirits. It, most often they don't rhyme. They're not polished in any way. They don't have catchy tunes. Um, why is that? Because they come fresh from the worshiper's heart. They're new songs that you make up. Basically, um, they, they're born out of your intimacy with God. The closer you get with God, the more, I think, the more profound the songs of Tehili can be in our lives. Um, Psalms 40, verse 3, He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of Tehili praise to God. Again, it tells us what it is. It's a new song. It explains what Tehili is in, the, in its own verse. A new song in your mouth. It's Song of Tehili to God. Okay, many of us probably already sing songs of Tehili and don't even realize it, didn't know it was biblical at all. Tehili praise are those songs that you're in the shower and you're just thinking about God and you just start singing, making up a song in your heart and just say, God, you're so great today. Thank you for this good morning. Whatever. Again, they don't have good tunes. You're just making them up. Or maybe you're out on a mountaintop and... Or out looking at the stars at night and you kind of get overwhelmed by the goodness of God and you just start singing. Start making up a song about how glorious His creation is and 
how magnificent God is. Those are songs at Tehili. They're new songs, spontaneous songs that just come out of you. Okay, so they may not have a good tune to them. doesn't matter. You're singing it to God. So it none of that makes any difference at all. Um, a study has indicated that we stop listening listening to the lyrics of songs after we've heard them about 30 times, which ultimately what that means is you start singing, you know, we're just lip syncing at that point. So we got to guard against that. But we don't have that problem with songs at Tehili because they rise, they drive from our own spirit. So we're not going to get to the point where, where we stop paying attention to the words in the song. And though the lyrics of our worship songs on the screen are great, but they're somebody else's words. They're not yours. Can you imagine if you, every time you wanted to tell your wife or your spouse or whatever you love them, you gave them a Hallmark card? Well, we like Hallmark cards. I like them. I give them. But if I never told my wife I loved her and just give her a card about four times a day, pretty soon she'd be like, what's up with that? Right? When I get a card, I like what it says, but what part do you read? What part means something? What they write at the bottom. Right? When they write whatever their notes at the bottom. Why? Because that comes from them. It's a fresh expression of love from their heart to yours. And that's what songs of Tehili are. Is their songs are not words other people made up, although those can be really good. But they're fresh from their own start. They're love songs to God that comes fresh from their spirit. Um, okay, we find Tehili praise mentioned in Revelation chapter 5. If you remember that story, basically the, the, they come across this, this scroll that, that it says nobody can open. You have to be worthy to open the scroll. and It says they can't find anybody in heaven and earth who's worthy to open the scroll. And then, of course, the Lamb steps forward, which is Jesus. And they says, He is worthy to open the scroll and read what's inside. And they get so excited that they begin to sing the song of Tehili. And um, I guess that's on one of these slides somewhere. Okay, Revelation 5, 9. And they sang a new song, a song of Tehili. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seal because you were slain and with your blood you purchased persons for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. Again, it doesn't sound very catchy tune there. It doesn't rhyme, but it came from their hearts. They were so excited that the lamb was worthy to open the scroll and to read what was inside that it just came out in this exuberant praise, a new song. So... So when we find ourselves overcome by God's presence and goodness, try lifting up a song of Tehili. Let it come. It doesn't matter. Again, it doesn't matter whether you can sing. It doesn't matter whether you can carry a good tune. It's not about that. It's, it's basically just a love song that you would sing to God that you make up. So I encourage you to practice that on your way to, if you drive to work every day, you can sing a song of Tehili. Nobody else is going to hear it. Nobody else is going to know if your voice is bad. If it don't have a decent tune, it doesn't matter. Okay? But it's, it's an expression of a love song that you yourself make up to God. Okay, Psalms 144.9. I will sing to you a new song. I will make music to you. 
Psalms 34.1, His praise shall continually be on my lips. His tehili will continually be on their lips. So we can sing up a new song all day long while you're cooking dinner or while you're putting on your makeup or whatever it is that you're doing. We can sing songs of tehili to God. Okay, so the song that I'm... Uh, that I'm, we're going to do today for Tahili is Good, Good Father. And even though it's somebody else's song, this song was birthed as a song of Tahili. Because the story behind this song is the writer was in a small group, Bible study or prayer group, I'm not sure. But anyway, as they were in this group, they were praying over this long, young lady who had cancer. And she had been having this battle with cancer for quite a while. And as they were praying over her, the writer of this song, he just this grows up in his spirit. You're a good, good father. That's who you are. That's who you are. And he began to sing that out as they prayed over this young lady. And, of course, he sang it a few times over. And then all of a sudden, you know how you get those thoughts in your mind. And all of a sudden, the thought came to him, she's been suffering with this cancer so long. Is this going to feel hollow to her? Is this going to feel like... You know, whatever, and yet he just felt like God was saying, you need to speak this over her, to sing this over her. So she just kept, he just kept singing this over, you're a good, good father, that's who you are. And pretty soon, the young gal with cancer joined in and they were singing, and pretty soon the whole group were singing this. But it was that fresh song, but then later he went and made a song we sing all over the world out of it, but it was originated as a song at the Healy. So... Join us as we sing Good, Good Father, and I encourage you to practice songs of Tehili all week long.
Okay, our sixth praise word today is Toda. This happens to be my favorite one. All my favorite worship songs are songs of Tada. And anyway, it's, it's by far my favorite one. But it simply means to extend your hand in adoration and expectation and thanksgiving for things not yet received. Okay, it's, it's extending our hands again, but it is in expectation in faith for things not yet received. Um, We find it mentioned in Psalms 50, verse 14. Offer God praise, or offer God tada, and pay your vows unto the Most High. Psalms 50, verse 23. Whoever offers tada praise glorifies me. You want to glorify God? Offer Him some tada praise. Okay, that's a way the scripture says you can glorify God. Okay, tada comes from the same root word as yada that we looked at, our second word, which just meant to extend your hands to God in praise. The difference between tada and yada is it adds the idea of expectation. In other words, for things not yet seen. Okay, we we. We don't just praise Him for who, for what He's done. There's nothing wrong and we should praise God for what He did for me yesterday. But songs of Tadal praise are, we're praising Him beforehand. Before God answers your prayer, we raise our hand in expectation and in faith that God, You are going to deliver me. You are going to come through. You are going to, whatever that thing is that that we've been praying for, that we've been expecting God to do, we raise our hand and give Him praise for what He is going to do that we have not yet seen. Okay? That's why it's my favorite. I love to to offer God Yada. Okay. Um, so instead of worrying, we should worship. Instead of worrying, we should ta-da, offer God praise and expectation. Um Psalms 56.11 is a psalm that David wrote. And the footnote in my Bible said David wrote this after being captured by his enemies, the Philistines. Well, if you remember, Goliath was the Philistines' champion. And David killed him, and I killed an awful lot of Philistines. So my guess when the Philistine got him captured, they had some pretty bad plans for him. It would be my expectation. And so you would think you'd be pretty worked up if your enemy, the Philistines, if you're David and they captured you. But listen to David's psalm, the, the psalm that he wrote here in 56, 11, and 12. In God I put my trust. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Vows made to you are binding unto me, O God. I will render praise to you. I will render yada to you. Praise with expectation that you're going to deliver me. You delivered me from Goliath. You're going to deliver me from these people as well. And he rendered praise to God even though he was in a very precarious situation when he wrote this psalm. But his faith was stayed intact. Um, so again, Tada is praise with expectation. Psalms 121. I will lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? 
help comes from the Lord. That expectation that you know where your help comes from and you're going to praise God regardless. Okay, so the psalmist used Tadah to express the confidence in the, to God for his goodness. It, it's, a word, it's also translated as thanksgiving in, a, in some places. That first verse we started with, we enter his gates with praise. That was this word. It can be praise or it can be thanksgiving translated sometimes in your scripture. Okay, so that, that's where, where we saw this word once before. Okay, Jeremiah 33:11. That says, "Praise the Lord of hosts, or Yada the Lord of hosts. Give thanks to the Lord Almighty, for the Lord is good. His love endures forever." And then look at this last part: "For for I will restore the fortunes of the land as they were before," says the Lord. So David here he raises his hands in praise and worship. For what God has not yet done, oh, I guess it isn't David, it's probably Jeremiah, sorry. But anyway, in, in God's response to that was, I will restore the land. So if you have things that you need restored in your life this morning, that you would like God offering up some yada praise in expectation, hands raised in expectation of what God was going to do. So again, we uh, can get a little uncomfortable sometimes with this, but I encourage you to raise your hands. Think about things in your life this morning that you've been praying about, that's been concerning you, that you would like, that you're expecting God to answer. And, and offer Him up some Yada praise. Um, our song for this is called Do It Again. This is my confidence. 
Jesus, you're still enough. Keep me within your love. My heart will sing your praise again. Your promise still stands. Great is your And yet, one we don't practice near as much as we should. Um, it basically means to kneel down or to, to bless God as an act of adoration, to praise, to thank. Okay, so we find it in First Chronicles 29.2. And I think we saw this a couple other times, but this is one of those incidents. I don't know, I'm not going to teach on that, but if you ever heard of the law of first mention, and says, now 
praise the Lord, or Barak the Lord your God, and all the assembly praise the Lord, bow low, and he did do homage. So the verse itself again explains what the word Barak means. It means to bow low and do homage. Okay, so that's that's basically what Barak is. You also find it in Psalms 34:1. I will. Praise the Lord at all times. I will barack the Lord at all times. Um, His praise shall continually be on my lips. In this case, the second praise is Tehili that we talked about a minute ago. But I will barack the Lord at all times. That means you can bow before the Lord any time, all the time. It's a good thing to be practicing. Okay, the idea of barack embodies the notion of kneeling before God and blessing and adoring Him. It's a recognizing our posture before God. Um, it describes worshippers falling on their face before God in reverence and adoration. Some believe that it carries the idea that even though you're bowing low, your head is up. So if you understand, in other words, it's like before a king, if he is talking to you, you bow in reverence before the God, but your eyes are looking up, putting your eyes on God's eyes. And I like that picture. So even though you're you're bowing low, you're keeping your eyes upon God. And um, there's kind of a the story of Jehoshaphat. I'm not going to read any of that, but it talks. But there, Jehoshaphat and his army is way outnumbered, and he doesn't know what to do. And it talks about in that scripture. It talks about him. He they kneel down before God. They bow low before God. But his prayer is, God, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And to me, that kind of embodies this thought of Barak. You kneel before the God in reverence and honor and in praise, but he keeps his eyes upon God. And anyway, that to me, that's the Barak we're talking about here. Psalms 103.1 Barak the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Oops, that's not... Oh, I forgot one. Yeah, I don't want to forget this one. Daniel 6.10 Three times a day he knelt down. He is Daniel. Three times a day he knelt down or brocked and prayed and thanked God. Three times a day he knelt before God. He did it every day, all the time. So much so that his enemies knew he did that and they used it against him. And they actually got him arrested and thrown into the lion's den. But because of his honoring God with his brock every day, you all know the outcome of it. He gets pulled out of the lion's den with not a scratch on him. His enemies get thrown in there and get eaten up. So God honored his Barak. Okay? But so, but this is what Daniel did three times a day. Okay, Psalms 103. The Lord, oh, my, oh Barak the Lord, oh my soul, all that is within me. Barak, his holy name. Um, Barak the Lord, all his angels. Barak the Lord, all his hosts. Barak the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Barak the Lord, O my soul. If you pay attention to that, go back through that, it's basically saying all heaven Barak's the Lord. Everything on earth is commanded. Because this is a command. This isn't just saying. He's saying, do this. Barak the Lord, you angels. Barak the Lord, you hosts. Barak all the works. We're part of that works. In all places. 
And then he, got, he ends it up with, Rock the Lord, O my soul. There are days when you probably don't feel like praising God. Sometimes you have to talk to yourself. You're not crazy by talking to yourself. Sometimes we need to talk to ourselves. Oh, my soul, I may not feel like it today, but I'm going to praise you anyway. I'm going to bow before my God whether I feel like it today or not because God is worthy. Okay, so Romans 14.11. Keep going. Is that Romans 14:11. There we go. Okay. As surely as I live, said the Lord, every knee will bow before me, and every tongue will acknowledge God. So there's a day going to come when all humanity is going to stand before God, and they're going to bow and say Jesus is. Whether people, the atheists are going to bow, they're going to brock the. The Muslims are going to barack. The Hindus and the Christians are all going to kneel before God. Kneel before Jesus one day. And let's learn to barack the Lord now. Let's not make the first time you kneel before Him be the day of judgment day. We want we just as well learn to kneel before God now rather than wait till till that day. Okay. Um, our last scripture, Psalms 95.6. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us barack or kneel before the Lord our Maker. Okay, so our last song is We Fall Down. Again, might be a little uncomfortable, but if you feel led, I encourage you to kneel before God as we sing this. If you want to come to the altar, this is our last one. So if you want to come and bow before God or come to the front seat, because hard to kneel at your chairs, but I encourage you, if you feel that led at all in any way, uh, kneel before the Lord as we sing this song.
You know, as Greg was sharing, and just an opportunity to learn. And I'll say this, uh, I love when God speaks through different ways. And this morning, he, he imparted a lot of tools in our lives. When I do premarital counseling, I give them a book. It's called The Five Love Languages. And it's the way we express our love to each other. This was kind of a five love languages of praise unto God. And you know, as a pastor, I would be remiss if I didn't give us an opportunity to pray today. And so I do want to make this uh, a moment of time where if you would like to come forward, if you have a need in your life, in a moment we're going to pray for our firefighters. We're going to pray for for what's been happening uh, as a body. But, But following that, um, I want just a moment where you guys can decide what song it is, but you can enter into a posture of praise. Whatever you feel like, ta-da, yada, yilali, or whatever it was, the way you understand it, that you can do that this morning. And if you need to go, I understand that. I'll speak the blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and turn his face towards you and grant you his peace. And may you praise God. But today is a day that we have that opportunity. And so I will open up the altars. If you'll agree with me, because the scripture says where any two or three agree in his name, uh, he'll do it. We're going to pray for for what he's done. I rejoice in in what we've seen God do in the fires. I rejoice in the presence and and what he's taking care of. But I want to pray that God continues to finish that work. Father, we come to you this day. And we thank you, God. We praise you this day for who you are. We praise you this day, God, for for what you've done. And we praise you this day for what you're going to do. And we pray your continued protection upon everyone who is fighting fires in our community, God. We pray your protection on every homeowner, every landowner, every rancher whose, whose livestock or home may be threatened by fires. And we ask, God, for your goodness, for your presence, and for your protection. We pray, God, for rain in the name of Jesus Christ. We ask, God, for for weather that calms down in the name of Jesus Christ. And we pray, God, for what you're doing and what you're bringing forth in this. In this moment, God, the kingdom works that are happening. In this moment, God, the hand of God that's being demonstrated. In this moment, the face of God that's being revealed. And we pray, God, in expectation for what you will do in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll have one more song. Uh, The altars are open if you have a need in your life. Um, I would encourage you, if you were blessed this morning, make sure that you talk to Greg and you get his tool that he has for you this morning that you can take home with you. Um, But this is an opportunity for us to to pray. Prayer is an act of praise as well. It's an act of acknowledging who God is and what God can do.